Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening and welcome to day two of It Is Written. Just get in the presence of the Lord. We'll just get in the presence of the Lord. Father, we give you thanks. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you thanks and we praise, O Lord. Thank you, Lord, because you are opening up our spiritual eyes. You're making us attentive to the word, the word of God. The go beyond the graphy, beyond the logos. You're teaching us, God, that you are a what and a who. You are a system and a personality. Lord Jesus Christ, whose express image of God Almighty taught us that we need to worship you in spirit and in truth. Uh, we need to know you, to know God, that is eternal life. That is eternal life. Your plan was always God with us, Emmanuel, as it was in the garden pre-fall and as it will be at the end of Revelation. So Lord, we thank you that you are the King Spirit, that all spirits, all flesh, all creation derive from. We thank you, Lord, that you are the artisan, the artist that all artisan draw from. Thank you, Lord, you are the light before Genesis was. We thank you, God that you are Yah and Yahweh, the gift and the giver. We thank you, Lord, that, that there is no one, there's no one above you, there's no one before you. Before you, there was no God formed. Before you, there was no God formed. You are the only King Spirit, the only King Eternal, the immortal, invisible, most wise God, your knowledge is unsearchable. Your knowledge is unsearchable. The cherubims and the seraphims cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who is, who was, and is to come. You are unchangeable. You are indefectible. You are invincible. Who can stay your hand? You are the God of the spotted and speckled. You are God of transformation, glorification. You are the God who declares things that be not as if they were. You are the God who resides among the congregations of the Elohim. You are Elohim of Elohim, God of gods. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. And we welcome your spirit, your teaching spirit today, Lord. We welcome you 
Holy Spirit. Welcome the spirit of revelation, the spirit of truth. Open up your word once more, O oh Lord. This pulpit has been a portal, a dimension, a nexus point that connects heaven to earth. Lord, we pray for the continued revelation of your word. We pray, O oh Lord, to use your servant's mouth, your servant's mouth to speak, Lord, to amplify the will of God, reveal your will of God, reveal and what is expected of us. What is expected of us as we've been cutting covenants with you, Lord. This is beyond Bible study. This is beyond a Sunday service. Yes, we will pray. And yes, we will push deeper. But we know what we have, we have committed to. You know the hearts. Your eyes test hearts and the reins of men. Reveal, oh God, reveal hidden mysteries. Reveal hidden mysteries that's been hidden from time immemorial. Open up your scripture, Lord. Reveal, Spirit of the Sovereign God, come and make your place here tonight, oh Lord in the embassies, touch each and every one of us, wherever we are, wherever we be, our global audience, you are not limited to time, space or matter. Come and touch us, God. Come and touch us. Tonight, let destinies be confirmed. Open the eyes of the understanding of God. Let there be modern day sons of Iskar that just don't know the times, that have an understanding of the times, O oh Lord. Dig deeper into your body of Christ. Pull out a remnant, O oh Lord. Those that will worship you in spirit and truth and fulfill the mandate that you have for this earth. Use us, O oh Lord, to license your will to be vessels of honor. Lord, we place a demand on your spirit. We place a demand in the spirit of truth and revelation. As we go through this curriculum, O Lord, we will not be the same. It is written. Continue to write your will, your precepts, your ordinances on the heart, on our hearts, O Lord. Continue to change us continue to visit us continue to give us encounters continue to give healings deliverances prophesy over people's lives oh God Libra Mandoshka de Libro Kotai. 
Shalavadi Ekuma Ek bonito le brande kestibrede Shande de burokos de bredia Mantala de dorie kestibredia Jeki balandu mleninde de dostedi Kilinde dos davabe eko rabrande kestibrade bahastedi Lase vede boron de brekista nandie ko labradendo robohoshkededi. Zibredola, zibredola, zibre kunan zabradegede. Jegede borokore abradista banie kumbra dadante de. Zende de bohoshada. Shadia kumande rikiti burukutia. Shikre ustefeninge. Ustefeninge. Ustefeninge, Ustefeninge, Ista Brandie Kuri Abata, Jebraduro Costa Vranandie Kenderista Bahadia, Zabredo, 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 Le Kura Bababa, Sikete Beledon de Ricatila, Zivra Numbra Adie Koria Vasta Varie Kebredostabaha, Zebota, 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 Visit us tonight, Lord. Visit us in your power. Visit us in your glory. Change us and through us change circumstances. We speak tonight to everything that is not in alignment with the eternal will and plan of Yahweh. Bow, bow to the King. All hail the only wise King. We give tonight license on the earth for heavenly intervention. <laughs> ah, if heaven wants to bring anything to bear, that is within our circle of influence, within our space of authority or connection or concern. We say, let it be done in earth as it is in heaven. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Good to see everybody. As is usually said, online and on site. Thank you, Jesus. Right, we're going to get straight to the word of the Lord tonight. Good to see you, Pastor Tosin. Good to see you, Monica, Natalia, Dr. Joker, aka Rev's girlfriend. Everybody say Rev's girlfriend. I got a girlfriend and I'm proud of her. Amen. And odds are my girlfriend's probably better than yours. Amen. Uh, good to see you, Minister Maureen. All righty. Let's get to the word of the Lord tonight. It's a Sunday night. There's work tomorrow. So I will not keep you tonight. Uh, except God himself comes out of heaven into the room. We will be done by 9 p.m. UK time, which is in at roughly an hour and 45 minutes roughly from now so let's get straight to the word of the lord okay so we began our journey yesterday um uh, let's take the keys down completely we began our journey yesterday by uh we first went to daniel 11 and we established the fact that only they who know their god 
can be strong in new exploits the fact that the enemy always likes to fight the concept of a covenant um and that the concept of covenant throughout scripture was that god wanted to be emmanuel and dwell among his people and that a, and we're going to come back in these uh, 40 days in this journey by the way for those of you who don't know uh, this is going to be a feast of fat things that will last in total 40 days so the last two days of the um the last two days of the the week of apostolic emphasis and then 38 days after make up this journey uh, and so we're going to be here every night someone say every night, every night. right so you might need to work a little bit on the focus of the cameras uh, every night uh, for the next 37 days now was it 36 now as we break down a curriculum that is designed to make sure you are God's finest soldier by the time we're done you will be many of you will be better equipped to serve the king than many people in full-time ministry sadly but beyond that you will have formed a solid compact foundation of the dealings of God from which you can fulfill destiny. Um, see this as discipleship 201, not 101, 201. And so we dealt with the fact that, and we will come back to what a covenant is and how it works later on in this curriculum. But then we went to where I want us to pick up real quick because tonight uh, being a night we need to finish early, I don't want to take too much time. Uh, we went to uh, John chapter four, Chrissy, uh, by the way, can I celebrate my people? You know their names by now. Minister Chris Adediba, uh, uh, Brother Tony Biden, and all the other people, amazing people in the house, in, uh, in our admin, uh, Minister Dorinda, our media, I mean, too many people to name. So thank you guys so much. You know, I love you. I appreciate you. There'd be no kingdom culture without you. Uh, I'm just a tip of a very, very, very strong spear. And I look forward to sharing being the tip with everybody in this new season. We're raising a company of prophets, who just so happen to be sons, not so much sons of a prophet. All right, so let's go to uh, John chapter 4, Chrissy, if you're able to do that with me tonight. If not, just let me know. But if you're able to, that'd be great. John chapter 4. Uh, and we started to deal with the concept uh, that God is spirit. Uh, and, and as simple as that might seem, it's really not so simple. Right? Um, because modern-day Christianity has told us that God is information and a set of rules. And so no generation more than ours has been more unprepared to walk with God than ours because we start our discipleship focuses many times very far removed from the concept that God is a spirit. In fact, the original Greek, as we looked at yesterday, actually says God is spirit. Someone say is. Uh, but the King James translation will do for the purpose of what we're trying to establish, which is the fact that him being spirit or a spirit is an on is a fundamental piece of the equation of understanding the kingdom believer the believer's kingdom walk and in relating with him 
So, thank you. We still John chapter 4. Jesus and the woman are having what the woman hopes will be a theological debate, and we'll deal with covenants. We'll also deal with the concept of worship. I touched a little bit on it yesterday, but it was just to get to, the, to, to that verse. Uh, the word proskineo literally means, in your direction, I am aware and I act like I am insignificant compared to you. That's what worship means. Anything that I choose to diminish my sense of value in the presence of. And the fact that uh, we also dealt with the fact yesterday that one of, the re one of the things that flows from God being spirit is the fact that he is demanding, or should I say, is seeking worship. Let's go there, Chrissy. Let's go. So I've, I've, I think I've kind of summarized two hours in maybe five minutes. Let's go there. Um, and by the way, my laptop is... Uh, Let's, let's keep moving. So he says, you worship what you know not. The concept is what now, or the, the word there is what. And I missed this for, for many years. For many years, I subconsciously read, even though I knew it was what, but my brain filtered it as you don't know who you worship. Mm, no, the Bible is very clear. It says what? You know what you worship. In essence, God, Jesus was drawing our attention, not just to the fact that there is a who to God. And we also dealt with yesterday the concept of, of, of the difference between the who and the what of God. And how you need both for a robust Christian walk. God is a who and a what at the same time. And the what actually is multidimensional. Because as you begin to go deeper in God, you see that that what is a rabbit hole. But you must understand God as an entity and a personality. The entity of God deals with what he does. The personality deals with his culture and his ways. Moses had God's ways revealed. Israel had his acts. So Israel knew the what. Moses went a step further to know the who. And I talked about the fact that you can't fully know the who if you don't first understand the foundation of the what. I can't understand dealing with my wife if I don't know she is first a woman. And, you know, um, a couple of you reached out to me in private, so I will be talking more about that in detail, about the whole concept of, and pay me in this 38 days, we will deal with where the concept of marriage finds itself. Uh, okay, I think I'm going to need my other laptop in, thing. oh, it's in the car. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll just, if this goes off, we'll just make it work. So, um, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, and so, we... Anyway, we dealt with that. And so here, I want you to see, let's go back to Chrissy, that Jesus says, you don't know what you worship. We do as Jews. I dealt with what the Samaritan is and all that stuff. Meaning, Jesus affirms that the Israelite, the Hebrew, the, the, the full-blooded uh, Judaistic Hebrew, knew what he was worshiping. Many of them still didn't know who, but at least they knew what. The Bible says God's acts were revealed to them. So they knew the what. Moses and a few of the other patriarchs like David and Abraham went further to know the who. The Bible then explains to us what the what is. It says, but the hour comment and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. So we'll see that by definition, whatever, what, what, whatever God is, is something that wants worship. Does that make sense? Yes, so 
whatever this what is, it likes or wants to be worshipped. Can I get a witness, somebody? Amen. Oh, y'all ain't, ain't talking to me. I said whatever, whatever, what, not who, whatever this entity is, the first thing Jesus pointed to the woman's attention was it seeks worship. I, I'm, I'm very, yes. I know it sounds sacrilegious. It, yes. Stay with me. Whatever it is. Someone say whatever. whatever. Say whatever. <laughs> I remember having an argument with, no, not, well, I wasn't having an argument. Um, a person from a certain island was having an argument with me. And I was trying to get my point across and they just snapped and said, whatever. So every time I, <laughs> I remember the word what, I just think, yeah. But um, whatever this what is, it desires worship. In fact, the Bible says it seeks. Someone say seeks. It seeks worship. Now, why is that important? That is important because... If, as we established yesterday, this what is, is, if there are other entities that qualify as the what, it means they also seek worship. Are you with me so far? Are you with me? I'll give you an example. If the what is a father, if I say, um, you don't know what you relate with. And then I then say um, that the what is a father. It means there are certain elements about all fathers that will apply to everybody else that is a father. Does that make sense? It means this particular father I'm talking about will not be the only father who say, if I say fathers, we talk about fathers uh, providing for their children, it means Everybody else who fits this description will also provide for their children. Are you with me so far? Yes, sir. Are you sure? So, if the next thing uh, Jesus then says is this, now the okay, I, should have, I shouldn't have used the word father. Let me say if I say principal, because it seems like I'm talking about the word father there. I just picked father as an example. So, if I say, uh, you know, uh, the principal desires order in his school, it means every other principal potentially would desire order in their school. So he then says this father, his father, Abba, the source, the one we're worshiping, right? He's seeking worshipers. Someone say seeking. seeking. Means whatever he is, everything else that fits that what will also be seeking worship. Does that make sense? Okay. So, we then went a step further to see that the Bible then actually tells us. Chrissy, just, just, uh, just blow that up, blow the scripture up across the entire screen. The Bible actually tells us the identity of the what. Chrissy, just, just take my picture out the screen, just show them there. I want to blow it. No, no, I mean, just take my picture off the the broadcasters, we just want to see the scripture across the entire screen. The Bible tells us what the word is. It then goes on to say, verse 24, 
God is, now I told you the A is not in the original Greek, and some translations get that right. But let's leave the A there for now, just because it helps with English for now. God is a spirit. Someone say God's a spirit. God is a what? So what is the what? The what is a spirit. Not the who yet, the what. You don't understand, Jesus is saying, that what you are proskuneoing, interacting with, is a spirit. Now, we started discussing this yesterday, that that understanding, if correctly digested, will change your entire life the way it changed mine. It will completely alter any misappropriated dimension of relationship with God in the name of quote-unquote worship. He is a spirit. A spirit. Or better yet, is spirit. This is one of, I told you guys, it's one of the three most significant discoveries I made in my walk with God. If you ask me to mention three things that completely radicalized and shifted, three things that have contributed to where I have arrived at and I'm still pressing forward past in my walk with God, this would be on the list. God is what? A spirit. He is spirit, but also is a spirit. He then goes on to say, and therefore, because now the, the, the phrase therefore is not there, but you see the semicolon? Or the, is it the colon, sorry? Okay, you see the colon? Meaning because he is a spirit. Now, remember I taught you guys last week that when you see a colon, there's two things on either side. It's the equivalent of an equation sign, right? And then we dealt with the fact that what comes after the colon, I'm sorry, well, sorry, whichever side, but one statement will usually be a statement of absolute definitiveness. The other statement will be a qualifier. In essence, the qualifier will be explaining the absolute statement. Are you with me so far? The qualifier will be explaining the absolute statement. So here, the absolute statement is God is a spirit. It's absolute. It's not, there's, not, there's no explanation there. It's just a presentation of a fact. The other statement is the qualifier. It is, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In essence, because God is a spirit, is what the Bible is saying, the only way to correctly proskineo him is in spirit and in truth. Now, if you put the last two points I've made together, it should worry you. You know, I told you the understanding that God is the spirit will answer 99.9% or, or will be the foundation of 99.9% of biblical, um, biblical discipleship. Well, think about this. God is a spirit. I know it really is God is spirit, but like I said, we're going with the God is a spirit to make it more easy to understand, right? Okay. 
Now, remember, it says the father, first of all, say you don't know what you worship. He then says this father we're talking about, after saying what you worship, is seeking worship. And I told you it means everything else that fits that description will also be seeking worship. So if God is a spirit, Hebrew word Elohim, Greek word pneuma, right? And we did, for those of you who haven't been a part of the quorum on Wednesdays, uh, I think the, the video description here should have a, um, a playlist that should, you know, every single episode of the quorum since June last year. And we dealt with the concept of what an Elohim is in detail. Maybe I'll do, with a, I'll do a little bit of revision on that in the course of this 38 days. Well, if it first says, you don't know what you worship, he then says, this father is seeking those worship in truth. In essence, everything else that is a spirit, let me rephrase that. It may not be everything else, but it means it should not surprise you that other things, right, that fit that description also are seeking worship. Is that fair? Think about that. So, in essence, since he's first presented as a what, and that what is seeking worship, everything else that qualifies as that what could also potentially be seeking worship. Guys, let me know if you're following me. Let me know in the comment section. I want to know that you're following me. In essence, there are other things that fit that description who themselves may be seeking worship too. And remember, we dealt with yesterday, worship proskineo means I act to you, I demonstrate to you that in your presence or in comparison to you, I am nowhere near as important. Pro, meaning towards something, kineo, kinu, means irrelevant or small, tiny. So surrendered and we looked at from the book of hebrews chapter no, romans chapter 12 right that the reasonable act of worship god wants in this dispensation is the surrender of our lives so worship is not a song or even a, a sacrifice of an animal any longer these were uh, old testament shadows of the concept of the correct concept of proskineo right in the new testament it's supposed to be, in essence, I live out in my everyday reality, right? The truth that you are the most important thing and I am simply an addendum and, in essence, I, I serve at your pleasure. Let's put it that way. Does that make sense? Okay. So, he then says, this what... This Elohim, this spirit, right, is seeking what? Worship. Somebody say worship. The problem then is, like I told you, it means every other Elohim is allowed to seek worship. And believe me, as we will see in this week, there are many of the other ones who themselves are seeking worship. You must understand that. So that Notice I told you that if you start discipleship from God is spirit, 
Everything else flows naturally. That's why I told you this verse to me is the center of the Christian discipleship experience. Not John 3.16. Not even the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount to me is number two. But if this is missing, even the Sermon on the Mount doesn't make sense. So we've just established that God exists, that he's a what, and that that what is seeking worship. Meaning other members of that what class can also seek worship. Can you see that we've now established in one go the case for the existence of God, the case for the service of worship of him, and the case for the existence of a spiritual enemy? But it gets worse. Talk to me, guys. To me, it gets more, 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 more concerning. Why? Because he then prescribes the only dimension within which proskuneo belongs to him. So there are potentially several members of the spirit class that want worship. And then he then says his own worship must be in what? Spirit and truth. Meaning, whatever spirit and truth is, anything outside it cannot worship him. Uh, help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord. Let's try this again. I, I, I want to pick up somebody. There's somebody I think I might have left behind. You know, and if you, if you talk back to me in the comment section, I'll understand better, better or not whether I am carrying you along. He, and potentially other members of this class of being, who, let me change the word class, because they're not in his class per se. They're not on his level, but they're just, like we define Elohim, spirit simply means member of the unseen realm. It means your postcode is not earth. Simple, right? So there are other, other citizens of that dimension who are also seeking and notice tony the key word is seeking so they're not just expecting they're seeking they are they are recruiting hunting for worship so they are revealing themselves or working or moving they're constantly recruiting potential worship but now this guy this it yet i know he's the father of life i know he's the one we surrender to i'm just building the case as we get to know him so at the beginning of the journey like pharaoh told moses pharaoh asked moses who is yahweh remember we looked at that yesterday who is he i don't know him so you don't expect me to honor someone i don't know so as you begin to discover him you may start with him as who is this guy well, this guy, quote-unquote, is seeking worship, but he's, he's picky. He's not like the other guys. Yeah, say no, no. See, there's something about knowing your worth that makes you picky. No woman worth her salt who knows her worth and has been trained, especially if she grew up in a family where her father conferred value on her and on her mother and she saw she's not going to tolerate polygamy 
You know, I've heard all this nonsense saying, you know, uh, it's, it's, in, uh, it's in the nature of human beings to be polygamous. Yeah, it's in the nature of fallen human beings who have been recruited by worship by these other spirits. Yes. But the image of God is not polygamous. Mm -mm. The image of God. Because God himself is not polygamous. He portrays himself throughout scripture as a jealous husband. So if you have God's image as a Christian man, don't let some funny guy on YouTube tell you that it's masculine nature to be polygamous. No. Not in the pursuit of this spirit. So no woman worth her salt is going to lower her standards for polygamy because she'd rather be on her own than share you with 10 other women. Ladies, talk to me. I know I'm preaching good tonight. Ladies, holler at me. Holler at me. Confirm that it is true. Right, Tony? This is it. So this God, Yahweh, says, or Jesus tells about his father, and he should know, because he's the son, he will only be worshipped in spirit and in truth. Meaning, anything else you do with your life that is proskineo, outside spirit and truth, is worshipping something else. By default, you get it. You don't have to choose to worship a fallen or another being. If you are not, if your, if your actions, your life, right? If your life does not conform to the boundaries of spirit and truth, you are proskuneoing something from the realm of the spirit and it is not Yahweh. You may not know what you are proskuneoing, but you are proskuneoing something. And remember, these other guys are seeking just like the father. Yes, the narrow path is his proskuneo. Everything outside that narrow path something else are you with me so far okay bear in mind we're just one verse in okay just one verse in now christian let's go back there verse 23 deborah you get it now you get the concept of the scapegoat now right Anything outside, like we talked about yesterday, anything outside the camp of Israel is the territory of another being. E.g., in the case of the scapegoat at the atonement, Azazel. And that's why the worst punishment, you could give a, a, an Israelite in the days of their sojourn through Canaan and the wilderness, was to leave them outside the camp. The earth was signed over to the kingdom of the Satan. The only safe space was the territory sanctified by the presence of Yahweh. And that presence, as I'll show you today, I started talking about yesterday, that presence was contingent on a covenant. 
The covenant has changed in its form throughout human Christian history or Judaistic and Christian history. But the concept is always the same, Emmanuel, meaning what will it take to trap God among you? In essence, your life as a human being is an act of proskineo. And whatever the content of your life is, is creating the technology to localize the reality of a spirit. You call it your life, but it is in itself an act of, it is, it is a system of liturgy. It is a technology of worship. It is basically paying homage to one or more spirits. And whatever spirit your life pays homage to is given a license to localize. In a, see, bear in mind, the Bible called the word spirit, one word, word spirit in the Bible, one of the word is ruach, it means wind. What, what's the wind? It, it, so to, to keep a gas in one spot, force must be applied. I hear me. God's presence is everywhere. E.g., wind, spirit, gas. It's just a metaphor. To concentrate it, you must apply pressure. To keep a gas in one spot, you must apply pressure. And the hotter the gas is, the more pressure you must apply to keep. Does that make sense? So you, you can't localize a spirit lightly. There are things that must be in place for a spirit's reality to be concentrated in a life or a geography. And all the Levitical sacrifices of Israel were the Old Testament technology to localize his presence. In the New Testament, we're told the equivalent is our life. It was still their life, but in the Old Testament, their actions were purely based on instructions. In the New Testament, they're based on the concept of grace and faith and love and relationship. Now, whatever your life is proskineering is the spirit that is permitted. You're acquired tonight. This is the kind of thing I wish I was teaching to only a physical room because I want to see faces to know whether or not you're following me. Every, every person with a teaching anointing has an in, internal prophetic clock that lets you know when you're carrying people along or you might be missing them out. And it's harder when they're not in front of you. But, but I'll try. So just, just let me know every now and again that you're still there and that I've not lost you. Every human impulse and action, by definition, is a, an act of proskineo to an unseen influence. Remember, the Bible says that things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. As part of this course, we will talk about the unseen realm and how it interacts with us. And whatever 
as a human being, your lifestyle proskineos is localized in your reality. When enough people act the same way in proskineo to a spirit, it becomes localized in a territory. So, there is a level of proskineo that, and that's why Jesus said, you, he was talking to the Samaritans, not just you, he was saying. He wasn't saying to you, the woman, it says, your tribe has lost the concept of what he is. My tribe, the Jews, they, we know what he is. We may not know who he is, but we know what. And he wants to be proskineoed. He's seeking proskineo, like every other spirit, or most other spirits, well, like some other spirits, the different classes of spirits. There are classes of spirits that cannot be proskineoed. By, well, they want to, but they don't have the technology to demand it like the other classes do. Um, it is the ones that were created in God's quote-unquote image that are the worship, the ones that potentially can accept worship. And human beings are not the only being created in God's image. I've taught you that before, right? The, the let us is not referring to the Trinity. We've dealt with all that before. So there's a certain kind, and, and we, we would call them, quote-unquote, fallen angels, but the beings of a certain kedar of whom Lucifer was one. Man is another being in that kedar, which is why man likes worship too. Have you noticed that there are human beings who are seeking worship, and many of them wear a collar and a suit and stand on church on a Sunday? And I ask God on a regular basis, Lord, please cleanse my heart from the human tendency to want to be worshipped. Because man is in that image, and therefore man too likes to be worshipped. But I digress. So the issue now is, what is spirit and truth? We'll start looking at that tomorrow, but I just want to pose that question before I move any further today. Because it's a very narrow, it's a very narrow, Yahweh is saying, if it is me that will be the object of your proskineo, if it is my presence that you will contextualize, and my reality that you will prosecute, you must find out what I mean by in spirit and in truth. And that then becomes, and notice, See, you must understand this. In the book of John, John is, a, John is not a synoptic gospel. So it's not in the same structure as the other three. John's, ent see, John's entire gospel is, listen, predicated on proving the divinity of Jesus. In essence, the fact that Jesus is the son of a spirit. The king spirit. So, um, Chrissy, let's just... You know what, for sake of time, I'll just um, uh, I'll just do this. I want to take you very briefly through the journey from John chapter 1 to John chapter 4. Because it's important to understand where this conversation sits in the scheme of things. So in John chapter 1, we are introduced to who are we introduced to, or what, sorry, John chapter 1, the the beginning before Genesis is beginning. Someone say the real beginning. The beninging. Someone say the beninging. <laughs> We're introduced to the beninging. Genesis 1 is the beginning of the human experience. 
it is not the beginning of reality. Yeah, y'all are quiet tonight. So in the beginning of the word is that we see Christ as the pre-incarnate word, right? Co-equal and co-functional with God. Co-eternal. Talk to me somebody. You're trying to deep it, okay. Well, we, we, we don't have much, we don't have long tonight. We need to be done tonight by, by 8.30. So did I say, I said night, so eight, eight, 90 minutes. Did I say nine? Because that's wrong. I mean 8.30. 90 minutes from seven. So 8.30. So if I said nine o'clock, I, I apologize. I'm going to get you out of here by 8.30 UK time tonight. So John 1, Jesus is introduced in his pre-incarnate state. We're told that he became flesh and dwelt among us, right? Uh, a brief discuss about the law and Moses and, and the begotten of the Father. Then in verse 19, John chapter 1, we're, talked, we're spoken about the record of John, that he was the one set to prepare the way for the Lord, right? That he's not, he's not the Messiah, but he's sent to prepare the way for the Messiah. Are you with me? John said in verse 29, after me is coming a man whose shoelace I'm not, shoe latchet I'm not worthy to untie. Right? And then Jesus shows up, John points at him. Are you with me, somebody? And says, that's the Lamb of God. And says, that's the guy we're talking about. That's the pre-incarnate word. John's disciples follow Jesus, two of them. He meets Philip Nathaniel. In essence, he starts to begin gathering his ministry team. In John chapter 2, the next thing, remember, John is not following chronology the same way Matthew, Mark, and Luke are. John is skipping certain things because he's focusing on the components of the story that are crucial to the divinity of Jesus. Does that make sense? So John leaves out everything that is not tied or is not necessary to understand he's eternal so john is john see matthew mark and luke are starting from his birth and ending at his death john is looking at the wider panoramic view of his eternal existence as god and what that means for his human function so john jumps straight to to the wedding of cana why because this is his first miracle so he's been shown to us in eternity. We're told that he came into the earth. We're told that John's entire ministry was to pre prepare the way for him, which is what you must understand the prophetic ministry as, but I digress, because John is called the greatest prophet of the Old Testament, So, and he never gives one prophecy. Y'all know, by the glory of God, the revelatory gifts find some expression in me every now and again, quote and unquote every now and again. You know what I really mean? But a prophet is not one who can predict or foretell or even create the future. A prophet, John is the quintessential definition of a prophet. He came to prepare the way for the eternal spirit godhood of Christ to find expression in the earth. So the ultimate job of a prophet is to be, like I taught you guys last year, he's summoned by a, a, a deity to be indoctrinated in the ways of the deity and sent back to the earth, right, to create an atmosphere and communic 
both communicate and create the framework of the subjective will. Apostles deal with the same definition of apostles, but apostles deal with the objective will, the broad and uniform dealings of God. Prophets deal with the subjective will, the specific and idiosyncratic dealings of God. So a prophet is one who can prepare the way for the, this spirit to find practical expression for his agenda in the earth. Now, part of that is revelation. Are you with me? Okay. So the first miracle is the next thing we see. And in the first miracle, understand, the concept of proskineo is already on display. Why? Because he sat down in a wedding that he was invited to. Many of us invite God to things and wonder why he's dormant. Many of us invite God to our wedding. Wedding here is a metaphor for anything in your life. So you bring him as a guest. You, I would like your presence. And he's gentleman enough to accept your invitation and just be there. So, um, my mother said something to me years ago, I'll never forget. A member of the wider family was getting married, the uh, wider family, and I think we got an invitation card the week before the wedding. And so, um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, some other members of, our, of my extended family were, were like, you know, so, you know, because in our culture, when you're cousins your nephews your nieces your second third fifth cousins even your neighbor anybody who you have an interaction with is getting married if you are somebody who is close to them there's a rule for you in essence we don't let you do it on your own and so when the question nothing i think i asked the question and my mom's response changed my life my biological mother she said when you're invited to something that you should be planning you either don't go or you mind your business when you get there. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the wisdom from the elders. God will not run around to assist with something he should have been involved in planning. And in his case, he's not your friend. So you don't even involve him. Proskineo means he is the driving force so you should not be inviting god to something he should be inviting you to something in your own life so jesus is sat at the wedding drinking see jesus contributed to the wine running out you think they served him and by the way, the word wine here is actually, and it's been proven theologically to be non-alcoholic. But the point I'm making is, he was a guest. And he ate their food, he drank their wine, and then their wine ran out. And even though he was aware, he did nothing. Because, remember, he's God. John is describing him as God. He explains, my father and I are one. So in essence... Jesus in the book of John 
is showing you how God behaves in human skin. He's showing you what it looks like when a man is so aligned to the nature of a spirit that he becomes an expression of the spirit in the earth realm. That's John in a summary. So he just sat down there doing nothing and they run out of, they run out of wine. His presence blesses the place. So his presence is proof that he approves of marriage. But he does nothing. His mother comes to say, do something. And he looks at her and calls her woman. Hey, try that where I come from. But then he says, he says, what have I, what have I to do with you? He wasn't talking about just her. He was saying, as the representation of God, I will not relate with all of you here. In essence, you invited me, I'm here. But don't expect my interaction on this level. Meaning, we have, there's no basis for your interaction with me because there is no proskineo. So, don't bring your problems to me. Don't tell me about how bad the world is. Don't complain about rape, murder, and all those other horrible things. Don't complain about, about, about wars and rumors of wars. You know, this whole nonsense, if God is so great, why is the world so bad? Simple, we invited him to the world. Same when we invite him to our churches. Heavenly Father, we just welcome your presence here today. That we tell him what to do. Lord, today we'd like you to heal. We'd like you to deliver. We want people to fall when we lay hands on them. No pastor will ever say that, but many of us that are unprocessed in our flesh, we've all been there and some are still there, right? We want the, the ministry to grow. It'd be great if the offering basket was full. Thank you. Now sit down and be a good boy. Or we carry on with our service, our church, our ministry, our life, our home. Our, the response is always, what have I to do with you? So, you can be a born-again Christian. And other than eternal security, have no noticeable difference in your life from a non-believer. Jesus can be at your event and be dormant. And when you ask him for help, his response is, what? Again, it's a question. What meaning on what basis is he? So don't read this as what have I to do with him? Meaning, I don't have anything to do with you. No, he's a question. He's saying, Oh, so you, you now realize you require the localization of the spirit, the involvement. On what basis would you like me to get involved? Meaning, what Jesus can be asleep in our boat. What is our covenant? He's asking. On what platform do you come hear me god does not work i've told you guys before right there is a there is a cadence to the dealings of god contrary to what the bible says he works in mysterious ways right why mysterious to the untrained carnal mind but it makes it very clear that to the initiated 
who knows the things of God except the spirit of God, so the spirit of a man, so the things of God, but his spirit has, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, but his spirit has revealed them to us. Does that make sense? It is possible, see, we will never learn everything there is to learn about God, not even in eternity, but it is possible to know God enough. There is a finite dimension, and I'm, and I'm not there yet, but there is a finite, see, ah, the Bible talks about a man, was it Luke who says, having had perfect understanding of these things, I thought to write an account. So you can have perfect understanding about a dimension of how God relates in an area. Not exhaustive, but complete enough to be able to walk with him without guessing. Does that make sense? So, I'm trying to keep on track. What's the time? Okay, got 30 more minutes. So, his question is, on what basis would you like me to do this? Like I said, you can be a Christian and have Jesus in your boat at your wedding, quote unquote, and run out of wine and he does nothing. Other than the fact that you're headed to heaven, your life will be no different from an unbeliever. Because God is spirit and seeking worship. So, proskineo, worship, is the what have I to do with you? That was the answer to the question. Jesus was saying, you all, you all ain't worshipped me. You don't worship my father. I don't see any proskineo here. So I can't help. Does that make sense? My hour has not come. What hour? The hour commit when they that worship God, any expression of him will do it in spirit and truth. It's the same hour he was talking about here. John 2 and John 4 are linked. Notice what Mary did. My mother will have slapped me. And she would have been within her right. If I spoke like that to my mom, she'd have taken up at, at my age today. My mother would have taken off her heels if she wore heels, whatever shoe she was wearing. And my mom is actually my mom is ex my mother is exactly a quarter of an inch taller than me. She would have boom on my head. I think, maybe I'm wrong. Last time I measured, this was years ago. Well over a decade ago, almost two decades ago. Anyway, so I think she's half an inch taller than me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've grown in 20 years. I don't know. But Mary says, I get it. Mary doesn't take it personal. And they say, what kind of God is this? Mary doesn't, notice, Mary doesn't do physical proskineo. She doesn't even bow down. Because this is the definition of a spirit's proskineo. Like I told you, the, the metaphors throughout history and the Bible are simply expressions. Lifting your hands, a sacrifice, giving, crying, bowing down physically, are simply metaphors of expression. This is the definition of a spirit. Christy, go John chapter 2. I just realized that they're not seeing this on the screen. John chapter 2. Let me show you how a spirit defines proskineo. John chapter 2.
up a little bit to about verse 5. When I say up, I mean go up the screen. <laughs> so, his, notice the next thing that happened was, and you notice verse 4, verse 5, and verse 6 each have a paragraph symbol before them. In essence, each of them is a complete train of thought. He says, woman, what have I to do with you? My hour hasn't come. Mary says, I know what, I know, I I get it. She tells the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. That's all. Whatever he says to you, do it. Right? Verse 6 says, and there were six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews. Verse 7 says, Jesus said to them. Now, slow down. Where did Mary tell Jesus? I'm going to tell the servants. No. She simply tells them, create a framework in your mind where whatever he requires you will provide. And once they get that instruction from Mary, meaning whatever he says do, something shifts on the inside. What? The spirit. God is spirit. He is seeking proskineo. Means he's actively looking for it. The spirit. John called Jesus the one on whom the spirit rests without measure. The spirit in Jesus or on Jesus discerned that there were people in the room who were ready to do whatever he would say and his hour came. Notice they didn't come to ask him for an instruction. They simply prepared for the fact that what there's always one student who goes too fast. Colleen, that is what alignment is. No, I told you, John chapter 4 is the, is the breadwork of the whole of discipleship. This is what alignment is. Alignment simply is, I have come to a place where whatever he says, I'm prepared to do. Jesus smelt that and then gave an instruction. In essence, God in the wedding kicked into action. He is spirit and he is seeking those who will worship proskineo. Again, not sing, not clap, not offer an animal. These are all expressions of proskineo. Real proskineo simply means I'll do things according to what pleases you. And so he sees those barrels he smells alignment he gives an instruction and then his power his reality is on display this is how spirits work seeking they find bible says god's ah <laughs> The eyes of God go to and fro. I told you, there are people who seek God and there are people God seeks. I made up my mind, God is too fast for me to catch. I'll make him chase me. Let me repeat, Tony. Totally. Rev, what's your secret? This is my secret. 
I found out you can't catch God. I chased God for years. I told you guys today that for years I've chased God, right? Chased him hard. It's too fast. I found out the best way to do it is to make him chase me. And when you make God chase you, there's no, there's, see, there's no, there's no level of speed you can have to outrun God. There are things you do that guarantee God will catch you, even if you're stubborn like me. And I told you guys, I'm, I'm not the most submitted child God ever had. We've come from far, and we're still going far. Um, there's days where I tell God, like, God, I tell the Lord, just, you know, I say, you know, I say, you know me. I tell him sometimes, I say, I say you understand? You, you just know how jacked up I am. You know, like, just, just manage me. While you're fixing me, just manage me, you know? Live in the house while you're refurbishing it. Don't, don't pay for a hotel. You might as well use me. You might as well live in me while you're fixing me up. But he's looking. The consequence of this, Tony, is the definition of grace. It means he's not going to ask for anything that he doesn't first provide the grace for. Why? He is seeking you. If you ever decided you would pursue him, it was because he first pursued you. It is God at work within us, the Bible says, to will and to do of his good pleasure. So the fact that the desire is in you is proof he first sought you. Relax. No stress. You would not want to proskineo him if he had not sought you out to proskineo him. In essence, it places a, a level of responsibility on him to furnish you with the capital for proskineo. Are you with me? Let's keep moving. So, we, we know, we, we saw those things. Then the next thing he does, right, is he goes to Jerusalem. Now, notice I told you <laughs> that John's gospel is not chronologically in order according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It is taking excerpts designed to address his divinity. We read yesterday that it was in Mark 11, Matthew 21, and Luke 19, meaning it was the week before his death that he went into the temple and whipped out the money changers. But it's in John chapter 2. Hello? Think about it. Chronologically, we know this happened the week before he died. But John reports it at the beginning of his account. Why? John has gone from beginning to end before he talks about it. So he says, see, he, the, first, the first thing he did to establish proskineo or his, his nature was say, I'm going to be dormant unless alignment is present, unless a heart of proskineo is present. The next thing we see is he goes into the temple where people are perverting proskineo and whips them out. The wedding of Cana and the clearing of the temple are joined. Same, same message. He's now saying, see, that was your wedding. It was your choice whether or not you wanted me there and in what capacity you were willing to proskineo me. 
this is my father's house this is the this is the system that was designed to capture the entirety of proskineo in the nation you will not defile it in the wedding he's calm and gentle in essence tony the elements of your life where god is happy for you to mess it up there are things where god will gladly sit back and watch you trip over yourself you didn't invite me those are the elements that are not crucial to his eternal purpose make the mistake of tampering with something that is crucial to his divine agenda and watch the silent guest at the wedding become the lion in the temple. Shikalabaha whipped them out. Now go to verse 23 of John chapter 2. Can I repeat that? There are elements of your life that are your decision whether or not you proskineo your God. There are other elements that he would demand it because in essence, remember proskineo is not bowing or lifting your hands. No, that's just an expression. It means the reality that says you're in charge here. When his eternal universal agenda is in question, he demands it. He doesn't ask for it. In essence, all things must work together. Now it says for your good because you love God and are called, listen, are called according to his purpose. Meaning, if your life is one that is by default aligned with his purpose, all things must work together. Why? Because all things, he, he, the Bible says he works all things according to the counsel of his will. So the will of God will be fulfilled. His will for your life may not. <laughs> but there are elements of his will for your life that intersect with his will. Oh, they will be fulfilled. And so the man who enjoys divinity on earth is the one who programs his life to overlap as much as possible with his will. And therefore, all things must work together because he demands worship at the temple, but he can ignore it at your wedding. Verse 23. John chapter 2. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, the feast day, the Moedim, the day, the appointment he instituted. Listen, many believed what? In his name. See, believing in his name is not the same thing as proskineo. No. The Bible says even the demons, the devils believe. So uh, the confession of faith while it is the beginning of interacting with God, is far from the end. Look, he did not, oh, so they, the, many believed in his name, right? Listen, and they believed, no, okay, one second. 
So Abani believed in his name when they saw the miracles he did. Verse 24. But Jesus, remember, the spirit in the human vessel, not vessel, vassal, means a human being completely submitted to the dealings of the spirit, did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. Jesus was saying, see, your liturgical confession of faith in me doesn't guarantee my commitment of myself to you. In that day, many will come and say, Lord, we casted out devils uh, in your name and did works. He'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Knew you. In the, in, in the, Hebrew, in the Greek, it's ginosko. I never had intercourse with you. We were never one. And I'll show you either tomorrow or the day after that the response to proskineo from a spirit is ginosko. Right? We'll look at that tomorrow or the day after. That the proof that a spirit has accepted your proskineo is that it, it not you, begins to fascinate ginosko. It's, it's okay. Just, just leave it. Leave it, leave it. Fascinate ginosko. So... A spirit validates your quote-unquote worship, the real lifestyle, not the expressions, by the level of itself, it permits you to come into intercourse or ginosko. So not head knowledge, but experiential reality with. A spirit can commit himself or itself to you. The Bible says, for this reason, God was not ashamed to be called their God. See, the fact that you call him your God doesn't mean he calls himself your God. There's some people, the Bible says, God was not ashamed to be called their God. So it means for everybody else, he's ashamed. See, not everybody who claims me do I claim. There are people who call themselves my friend. <laughs> and it sounds mean every time I say it, right? Because I treat everybody. See, Tony, unless 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 I have a see, unless God has a problem with you that He's told me, the people who God has told me, you and this person cannot like God says them or me. Yeah, them or me. Other than that, whether you're a king or a pauper, I'll treat you the same. In essence, I'll treat the pauper the way I'll treat a king. So it is very easy to assume that you are a lot closer to me than you are. I'm just, 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 just saying. It is possible for someone to swear that they and Reverend Israel are covenant brothers or, or brother and sister. And we're not. I won't treat you any, I won't treat you with any less value. But it doesn't mean I've committed myself to you. I have people I'm in covenant with. I have other people I'm developing covenant with. It's another level. It's not about how I treat you. It's about the fact that you now have... See, I told you about a friend of mine who God had to tell him 
to tell me, the same day God told me you can't travel to attend a family member's funeral. And I said, Lord, this is a problem. I said, God, this isn't, this isn't a friend, quote and unquote. This is a covenant brother. God said, okay, I know what you're like. God spoke to my brother, who is himself a prophet, and he called me that same day, Tony, three hours later to say, they said I should tell you, that's how we talk to each other. They said, they said I should tell you not to come for the funeral. And the person burying their own family member said, they quoted that God told him, let the dead bury their dead. Now, what neither of us knew at the time was that this 40 days was going to be instructed. How would I have done this if I was on the plane to another country in a week or two's time? He said, God told me to tell you there's something very sick, very crucial. This period between now and your summit is, is important, is sensitive. God said, I should tell you to stay back, right, so that you can be sensitive to him to prepare. Yeah. Now, that's covenant for me. So the fact that I'm nice to you, that you want something and you ask me, and if I can help, I help, that I have plenty of time for you, that's how I treat all God's children. Hear me? And you might want to do the same. That should be a given to every child of God. So if I claim you as my brother, it's deep. Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. Look, listen, this is what I'm going to, I'm going to end tonight on a cliffhanger. Verse 25 is a cliffhanger. Yeah. No, Shalom. 25 is a cliffhanger. And Jesus did not know that any should testify of him, for he knew what is the same same word again tony right he knew what was in man ah malekumai so we see the the battle of the what's that's why i said tonight is going to be ended on the cliffhanger there's a battle of what's here jesus told the woman in john chapter 4 you don't know what you worship but in John 2, he said, I know what is in you. So there are two what's that are important here. God is a what. And there is another what in man. Man is not the what. The what is in him. Kata. See, 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 walking with God is sweet when you understand. I, I wish somebody taught me this 20 years ago. God is a what? What number one? Man is housing a second what? What number two? The what of God says, I can't commit myself to you because of what is in you. I'm seeking worship. But there's, and if I accept it, I will commit to you. But I cannot commit to you because there's a second what that is in you that is antithetical to my what. I am, my what is spirit. Your what is flesh. And Galatians, Romans, Romans 8 tells us 
the flesh and the spirit and constant enmity, they can never be reconciled. Never. Never be reconciled. So Jesus says, there's a what in you, the what I represent cannot relate. Which is why when we get to verse chapter, chapter 4, he tells the woman, to deal with the what in you, you need to drag it into deep waters. Bring your what into the spirit and it will die. Walk in the spirit, Paul tells us, and you will mortify the deeds of the flesh. Literally, when you bring that what in you into whatever the spirit is, it dies. That what cannot survive here. God's what will not, not can, will not survive there. So God says, you can't bring me there. But you can bring there, here. And it will die as a natural consequence. And that is the message of the Levitical sacrifice. To come into the Holy of Holies, you pass two altars. Brazen and golden. That animal is your what? It, so you put yourself on the altar in the place of an animal. As it burns, incense ascends to heaven. So the altar is the filter that cuts out your what and leaves the rest of you. The altar, I repeat, is the filter. Ah, yeah. The altar is the filter that traps your what here. It burns on the altar. The incense is the real you that ascends and shows up in Zion. And so whatever that configuration looks like in the New Testament is the definition of walking in the spirit that is what walking in the spirit is and it is as a consequence of that that the king spirit can commit himself to you so that is the proskineo he's looking for the living sacrifice he's saying that's the only demonstration of proskineo that fits within spirit and truth. Don't proskineo me any way that does not pass you through an altar. Because otherwise, I can't commit to you because our two what's are diametrically opposed. But if you do it, and this will be, today's Sunday, this will probably be Monday or Tuesday's class, the result is something called the composite spirit. But I will show you that there is a what in you. That what, right? The flesh. But there are other what's. There is also a spirit in man. Eh? Yes. When he made us, he took what he was. And we are not spirits. There is a spirit in us. So he left a piece of his DNA in us. And when we walk in the spirit, we pass through that altar, the other what is broken. 
that what the bible says the spirit of man is the candle of god and god can light it god can illuminate it god can connect with it so you end up with what the bible refers to when it says whoever is one spirit with the lord someone say one spirit the composite spirit so the reward for correct proskineo is that the spirit him and the peace of him he blew into adam at creation in you become one there's a symbiote not symbiote but there's a there's a co not even codependent there's there's a union of reality that happens pardon hypostatic union and so you know whether or not your worship has been accepted by whether or not there is the one spirit in operation your life is both the question paper and the report card let's pray let's pray i told you it would end we've got two minutes to go let's pray i'm going to keep to my word uh we've got a long journey so there's no point in 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 you know uh, in keeping us here all night so on the weekends on, on on friday saturday and wednesday we may go long may but all other days i guarantee you will be done in 90 minutes of course this is the journey to the summit you should register now someone say now you should register now details on the screen um if you want to give the details are in the description but they're also on your screen if you want to be a kingdom builder, a financial and or prayer partner or volunteer your skills to the vision of the wider kingdom culture uh, uh, enterprise, please contact at kculture.org. If you can help me out so that we because don't just give. If you're going to be giving regularly to what we're doing, we want to know who you are because we want to give back to you. So contact at kculture.org. The details will be on the screen in a second. Let's pray. Father. Thank you for your revelation and your truth tonight. Help us achieve the one spirit. Let your what supersede the other what that is in us. Bring us to the place of true proskineo. Find expression through us in the earth. Don't be at the wedding and silence any longer. Don't be sleep in the boat any longer take your place thine be the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen love you guys i'll see you tomorrow at 7 p.m uk time so same time as tonight uh we have 36 more days to go uh we're going somewhere someone said we're going somewhere see you in the glory